Welcome back to the Real Lovers Podcast. My name is Marley Silverbrand, and today on the podcast, it is just me today. It's a solo episode on the Real Lovers Podcast, and today we are talking about the 243rd film on the Letterboxd Top 250, and that is A Face in the Crowd from 1957, directed by Elia Kazan. But before we get into that, why don't you go and head over to Instagram, hit up the Real Lovers Instagram page hit that follow button hit that follow button on twitter at the real lovers pod on twitter and also while you're at it hit the subscribe button hit that like button so people can see me in the feed here on youtube and uh yeah uh also while you're at it i'm also on pretty much every social media platform under the at sign of marley loves film i think you can see it here on the video feed if i can point to the right one just follow me at Marley Loves Film on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, pretty much everywhere. Uh, but yeah, now that all that housekeeping is out of the way, let's get into our regular segment, what we've been watching or what I've been watching over the last couple of weeks since I've done a live stream here on this channel. Uh, so yeah, uh, I haven't really been watching too much. I've only been, I only went to the theater twice recently to see two movies and the first movie that i saw was john wick chapter four a huge fan of the john wick franchise and i was really anticipating like the fourth chapter in in the john wick franchise and uh john wick chapter four did not disappoint i think it was it's probably my second favorite uh, out of the entire franchise, I, I still like John Wick 3 and then the first John Wick. I think it'll go 3, 2, I think 3, 1, 2, no wait, shoot. I haven't even th thought about ranking like these, but so I guess I'm doing off the cuff right now. So I guess it'll go 3, 4, 2, 1. That's basically off the top of my head of basically ranking the John Wick franchises off, off the top of my head. But yeah, John Wick Chapter 4 is really great. It's pushing three hours, but to be honest, I didn't really feel the length at all. And I feel like this this uh, franchise got wrapped up pretty decently, but from what I hear that they're working supposedly in the works of making a John Wick Chapter 5, which in my opinion, I hope they don't really do that at all because... The way this movie ends, you don't really need you don't really need uh, chapter five. But chapter five, it's a if it's a prequel, kind of like like how like maybe like I don't know. I I think you could probably expand the universe in other ways. Like maybe have like a like maybe do like a Donnie Yen like uh, series or movie like spinoff for John Wick. But I think John Wick's story is pretty much finished uh, based on the ending of this. No spoilers, but uh, I think it's definitely concluded. But yeah, John Wick Chapter 4 is a really fun is a really fun time at the cinemas. See this on the biggest screen possible. And uh, yeah, this is really, it's a really great time. Uh, check it out. It's in theaters now. Another film that I saw which I heard a lot of buzz coming out of Sundance and I quickly bought a ticket for this when I found out that it was playing near me and that is Inside. No it's not Bo Burham's Inside. It is 
William Defoe's inside. This is an interesting film. However, I was not really the biggest fan of it. I gave it two and a half stars here on Letterboxd. And I don't know. I felt like it was a little bit like it didn't really know what it wanted to be. Like there's multiple themes and all the themes seemed a little half-baked. And really it's William Defoe just kind of carrying most of the show for uh, for most of this movie. And if you like William Defoe, kind of like being unhinged, Inside is definitely for you. But if you want to see William Defoe unhinged, just see pretty much any other William Defoe movie and you'll have a much better time than watching Inside. Like Inside is it's definitely an interesting like concept. It basically it's stars William Defoe and he's like an art thief and he gets trapped inside this high rise. And the entire time he's trying to figure out how to get out and he's slowly losing his mind. And it's, I don't know. It just felt like the pacing felt really off for me. And it just felt like it just, there are so many themes that just felt half baked about like, about just being trapped in a room and he can't get out and kind of like having like this COVID experience I don't know. It just it just wasn't for me. I hear that there's a lot of buzz coming out of Sundance and a lot of people love this film. That's really great. It just wasn't for me. Maybe I have to see it again, but I don't plan on seeing it again like anytime soon. Maybe when maybe if it's on streaming, I'll check it out to see if I like it again, but yeah, check out Inside if you like William Defoe and if not, uh you can you could totally skip Inside. Uh, as for movies, those are pretty much the only movies that I've been watching over the past couple of weeks. And then I've obviously been watching Ted Lasso Season 3. Ted Lasso Season 3 Episode 4 just ended before I started recording this. And Darren, I binged every episode leading up to Season 3 because I I stopped watching Ted Lasso Season 1 Episode 5. And then I re-picked it back up fell in love with the series absolutely like immediately and i think it's probably one of the better apple tv shows season three there are some moments that have been pretty decent and i think i know where the, sh- the show is going i just think there's a lot more filler episodes in in this season than i initially thought and it seems like they're kind of dragging it out just a little bit no spoilers for the season so far. I'll probably do like an end of like recap by the end. I know this sounds like I'm being really negative on Ted Lasso season three because I'm actually loving it a lot. I think there's a, a, a lot of good things that we're getting from it. I think the whole Nate storyline is really interesting about him going to West Ham United and kind of having like this rivalry with uh, Ted Lasso and Richmond. I think all that stuff is really interesting, kind of leading on this whole Empire Strikes Back type of storyline. And I think Ted kind of dealing with the whole thing with his marriage and and how he, how how his mental health is doing with that is pretty strong, obviously. And uh, 
yeah, I'm just like I, I, every single Wednesday. I'm I'm always looking forward to more Ted Lasso, and it saddens me by the end of the season where we we won't be getting any more Ted Lasso uh, on Wednesday anymore. That's pretty much it for what I've been watching. This is like I said, this is going to be a rather short podcast this week. So let's get into our featured review for A Face in the Crowd. And that was a trailer from the 1957 film A Face in the Crowd. A Face in the Crowd is directed by Elia Kazan, starring Andy Griffith and Patricia Neal. This is Andy Griffith's debut film and also Patricia Neal's return to the screen. And I'm just going to read a synopsis here from IMDb. A female radio reporter turns a folk-singing drifter into a powerful media star. What did I think? This... Okay. So A Face in the Crowd, uh, as as far as I know, it's no longer in the top 250. And I totally agree with that because I gave it two and a half stars here on Letterboxd. I did not like this film at all. Uh, A Face in the Crowd, like for its time, I think probably would have been a really interesting, like telling of like what, like what a star actually goes through that goes on, like goes on a rise to fame. But watching it now in 2023, doesn't really hold up because we have seen so many tellings of this type of story so many times since 1957 it's like we have a star is born we have we have walked the line johnny cash we have like pretty much every single biopic where someone has like a talent someone sees that talent then then that person pushes that talent and then the person that has that talent kind of has like a fall a fall from grace and then eventually gets risen back up again i found this film to be incredibly boring and i'm not really a big fan of country singing all that much uh and like this film is basically a musical at this point and the music in this film i'm just not really the biggest fan of i know i'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for that but I don't know, a face in the crowd, like I just it it just wasn't my type of film and I am really glad that this film is not in the top 250 on Letterbox anymore. It's just it's just not a good film in my opinion. And no, no hate to uh Elia Kazan, but it's just I I just don't get it and I I have I'm not too familiar with Andy Griffith or even Patricia Neal. But looking at uh, looking at the trivia here on IMDb, like like I said, this is Andy Griffith's debut uh, into film. But uh, it's I don't know. It's a, Marlon Brando was originally in the running for the the character that Andy Griffith played, but he actually turned it down originally. And I can kind of I, I don't know. I can kind of see why, because Marlon Brando was probably a, a a little bit more famous than Andy Griffith at, at at this point. But I don't know. This film was just kind of boring. I I just was not about it. It just 
for some reason there was just nothing about like this film that just wasn't that didn't resonate with me like i said maybe it's because i've seen like the story told like a thousand times before actually seeing this film for the first time it's just not that great to be honest it just really isn't i wish i could find some actual positives from this movie but it's just not that great like i guess some of like some of the cinematography was actually pretty decent but nothing about it was actually pretty memorable for me um but like i said like like when this film came out in 1957 like i i would like to kind of be sit in the theater and just see like the reaction from this film because in 1957 they didn't have a lot of stories like this about someone kind of like experience that fame like on a pretty much on like a rapid on a like reaction or a rapid pace i mean it's yeah it's just it just wasn't for me but um yeah this basically this film follows the rise of larry rhodes Larry Lonesome Rhodes, which is not really the greatest name. And I found just Andy Griffith's performance just to be kind of silly. And just, he didn't seem to take like the role very seriously. And it just seemed very bombastic and just not, just, it, it seemed like no one like in this movie felt like they understood the assignment about like what they were doing and they're all kind of doing like their own thing. But yeah, uh, it's, it's just, I don't know. There's not really much I could say like about this film that hasn't really already been said. It's just, it's just not really, for for me, it's, I, I just didn't vibe with this film very much at all. And like, I, like I didn't really find it funny. I found it racist on, on on multiple occasions, especially. There's, it's just not. It's just not very great. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I can't really. I don't really know what. I don't know what else to say about. Uh, say about a face in the crowd. It's just it. It's just not really great. Uh, but this film starts off with with a shot of a small town jailhouse the ca- the camera pans to reveal a group of musicians playing outside the jailhouse accompanied by a radio announcer who is broadcasting the performance live the camera then focuses on the jail jail cell where we see Larry Rhodes Andy Griffiths sleeping on a cot uh so yeah that Larry Rhodes was in jail and this female radio producer discovers him and and then basically all kind of hell breaks loose and he goes on this continuous rise to fame and we get to see that that in real time of like him kind of like going through the experiences of of what he's going through of being famous and it's just like I want to say it's a very authentic representation of what something like that was like, like back in the day, especially with like no social media. Like, cause 
the rise of fame like compared to what we go through like here on social media with twitter and tiktok is way rap is way different than what they experienced like back then so in a way i would like to see a film like this kind of like remade to see like just to kind of see like what like this film would look like in the 21st century in 2023 i i I don't want to like compare films but i don't know there's there's like a lot of social media movies that could probably kind of be rival like what this what this movie was actually trying to do i'm thinking of the one that came out on hulu last year about like the one girl that kind of faked like her death uh from that uh paris attack and she kind of had to deal with the repercussions of like what of like her fame and like what i I forget i forget what it was called but i it was one of the films that almost made my list last year but uh yeah um if you know what i'm talking about hit the comments down below but yeah uh other than that i did not really like a face in the crowd it's just it's just not very good uh i don't really have anything else to say i gave it two and a half stars here on letterbox it is no longer sitting in the top 250 250 films on letterbox and like the person that manages this list here on Letterbox for the top 250 films, he says that it's gone, but not forgotten. But I think it's time for us to forget a face in the crowd. To be honest, like it, I, it's, it's really impressive that Elia Kazan made a film, but this film just isn't for me. But anyways, this is going to be a rather short episode for the Real Lovers podcast. Be sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button here on YouTube so we uh, accrue, we, we start showing up in your feed a lot more. If you like this podcast, rate us and review us on on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to follow us here on Instagram, uh, on Instagram and Twitter at, at Real Lovers Pod. And be sure to follow me pretty much everywhere where you can tweet or post at Marley Loves Film. I'm at Marley Loves Film. You can see it here on YouTube. You're right here on the bottom left at Marley Loves Film. Be sure to follow me uh, uh, anywhere where you can talk about movies. I'm pretty much there. But anyways, the next film we're going to be covering here on the Real Lovers podcast is Little Women. It's now the 242nd film on the Letterboxd Top 250 films of all time and joining me for that podcast is going to be megan from megan megan's world on instagram and we'll be going live on thursday at eight o'clock p.m pacific standard time we hope to uh, have you join in on the discussion of little women this is uh, coming off the barbie trailer which greta gerwig also also is directing the movie barbie and uh yeah we're hoping that You'll join us for our discussion of Little Women, which I have not seen, but I'm excited to watch it and just see what this film is all about and talk about it with uh, Megan from Megan's World on Instagram. 
Anyways, I'm Marley Silverbrand for the Real Lovers Podcast, and just keep watching movies. See ya.